After decades of disappearance, the smooth-coated otters have returned in strong numbers. Nowadays, they have become the unofficial mascot of Singapore's wildlife, and they seem to be everywhere. Should we be concerned? Hi everyone, I'm Pedro. And I'm Ivan. And welcome to this episode of Wild Red Dot. So today we're going to be talking about otters as our part 2 of our otter series. And before our recording, Ivan was really sharing with me about how otter history and politics in Singapore, it's really exciting. It's almost like Game of Thrones, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And, you know, if you watch the, uh, watch the series or read the books, in Game of Thrones, there are a lot of different families killing each other, betraying one another for survival. Is it really that exciting with otters in Singapore? I think if you follow the histories of some of the families, yes, it can be that exciting. So in Game of Thrones, there are like different families, big houses, small houses. What are the otter houses of Singapore? Okay, so there are different otter families that have claimed territories all over different areas of Singapore. So um, in the north, right, um, you have a few families scattered along the northern coastlines. So for example, you have the Sungai Bulo family. On the eastern side of Singapore, you have families in Ishun, in Pongol, in Pasiris, and in Pulau Ubin. But I think the more famous ones and the ones that always get a lot of attention are the ones in the southern parts of Singapore, right? So these are families like the ones in Marina Bay, um, in Bishan Amokyo Park, in the Botanic Gardens. And then there are a few other uh, families that are lesser known, like the ones in Sentosa, in, in Pandan River, and in Jurong Lake. And so the three main families that I think everyone should know about are the Bishan family, Zook family, and the Marina family. So the three families are Bishan, the Bishan Amokyo family, the Marina Bay family, and the Zook family. Despite their names, they are not necessarily tied to that particular location. Okay, so maybe a bit of history. Otters first came back to Singapore in the late 1990s. And so at first, they were along the northern coastlines in Sungai Bolo, in Pasiris, Pongo, Pulau Ubin, in all these places. Around the early 2010s, otters started swimming around the coast of Changi. They were seen at um, along East Coast Park. And eventually, um, a family was established in Marina Bay. So that was when they first started showing up at Gardens by the Bay. So that was the Marina family. Okay, and so they were living there for some time. Some At some point, a lone otter also entered the Marina Bay area. But you see, because Marina Bay was already occupied by the Marina family, this lone otter had to move on. The Kalang River flows from Lower Pierce Reservoir through Bishan Amokyo Park and through various parts of Singapore and drains into Marina Bay. So it is all connected. So this lone otter swam up Kalang River and ended up in Bishan Amokyo Park. So this lone male eventually found a mate which had, must have presumably also swam up the same river. They settled down and they had a first litter of pups in the Bishan Amokyo Park area I think sometime around 2014 or 2015, right? And so this was the start of the Bishan family. So there were at least these two families um, living in this part of Singapore, right? Marina family in Marina Bay and the Bishan family in Bishan Amokyo Park. But remember, 
the, the Kallang River and Marina Bay are connected. And so with the large territories that Otter families control, it was inevitable that these two families would meet. So eventually, the Bishan family traveled downstream and they met the Marina family. They clashed, they fought, and and somehow, uh, no, and the Marina family actually lost the battle. And so they were evicted. They were literally driven out of their original territory. And so Bishan family occupied Marina Bay. And the Marina family was forced to wander about in search of a new territory. So for a while, Marina family had to make a living along coastal areas of Marina East, between Marina Barrage and East Coast Park. They tried to move inland again. They clashed quite a number of times with the Bishan family, managed to slip past the Bishan family into Singapore River. However, the Bishan family found them there too. There was more fighting and eventually the Marina family fled up Kalang River into Bishan Mercure Park. And so right now they've pretty much traded places. Bishan family is in Marina Bay. Marina family is in Bishan Mercure Park. Now the Marina family is much shyer than the Bishan family and they usually seem to spend most of their time in Lower Pierce Reservoir and Macritchie and Upper Pierce Reservoirs with occasional visits to Bishan Park, right? And then the, Marina, the Bishan family controls a very large area that covers the, the Marina Barrage area, Marina Bay, parts of Singapore River and Kalang River. So essentially the Bishan family is, they're basically the, the biggest uh, yes. group right now. A lot of the author watchers consider them the big bullies because they are the largest family. They dominate all the other families on their periphery. So usually when you hear of reports of two different author clans fighting, it's usually the Bishan family trying to force out a potential rival family. Has the Marina ever won any battles? I That one, not too sure. But this will lead me to another family. Origins of the Zook family are murky. Some of the author watchers believe the founders of the Zook family were adult offspring from the Bishan and Marina families. So it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet situation, right? The story is that a male from Marina family met a female from Bishan family. And so they paired up, they made a den along the Singapore River. And this is going to be dating myself and Pedro. Oh because in the, in the 2000s, when clubbing was still a thing, a lot of you might know about this nightclub called Zook, right? So Zook is now located at Clark Key, but previously for, uh, for the longest time, it was located close to the Singapore River behind this uh, place called the Jack Kim Bridge. Okay, it was next to Great World City and all that. So this new author family, and they had their first litter of pups there. So this was how the Zook family got its name. But then the Bishan family found them. And so the, this new young Zook family was driven out from their, their little territory. They were being hunted by the Bishan family. And so the Zook family was fleeing high and low for quite some time. So they popped up along Bukit Timah Road. They stopped traffic in the CBD area one morning. They were seen, uh, they were seen visiting condominiums in the Novena and Newton area. And so they've actually been quite urbanized because of how they've had to travel on land, negotiating human traffic. They need to figure out how to cross roads safely and all that. And so they've been trying to find a safe place to, to settle down. So at some point in time, um, the Zook family finally found a safe space in the Botanic Gardens. 
And so that was where they had a second litter of pups and a third litter of pups. So they've managed to grow quite a fair bit. But however, the Botanic Gardens does not provide enough territory for that family. And so they've had to wander far and wide, searching for other areas to get enough food. So they've been visiting canals. They've been raiding fish ponds in many areas around Singapore. So if you've seen stories of otters visiting the, the pond at the McDonald's at Queensway, it's the Zoom otters. Otters visiting the, the condominiums along Alexandra Canal is also the Zook family. They've been visiting Fort Canning, they've been visiting the Istana, they've been in Orchard Road. So they are a really, really very urbanized family using the, using the drains, the streets, the underpasses, and even crossing the roads, right, to get from one place to another place because they don't have the, those large rivers or reservoirs um, to serve as a territory, unlike the other um, the other families around them. Am I right to say that because of pressures from the larger f- otter families, the Zook family has been forced to enter our urban landscape. And because of that, they are the ones that keep appearing on our social media feed. Yes, exactly. So a lot of people, uh, when they see all the stories of otters, people seeing otters, and they, and they, they come to the mistaken conclusion that we are being overrun by otters, Actually, that is not the case. It's always, um, it's always these few families that live in places with a lot of people. This family of otters running around, they are bound to come across uh, people as they go about their day. And so what happens is that because they cover such a large territory, as they encounter people, nowadays everybody has a phone. Everybody has internet access on um, with their phones. So... Every time someone takes a photo of otters and posts and posts it to social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, right? It's very often it's always just the same few otter families that just keep showing up. And so people keep thinking that there's too many otters. Actually that's not the case. Uh, based on the last study, which was from 2018, back then the the estimate a total population of around 80 ot- uh, smooth coated otters across the whole of Singapore. That population has most likely grown, right? But we are nowhere near being overrun by otters, right? It's just these few groups just just exploring their territories, navigating the urban landscapes. We have talked about the three big families. In Game of Thrones, there are also smaller houses. So mm-hmm. are there any smaller families that we should know of? Yes, okay. So if you live in the Jurong area and you go to Jurong Lake, you will see the Jurong Lake family. If you live in the Clementi area or the Ulu Pandan areas and you go to Sungai, U- Sungai Ulu Pandan, right, you will get the Sungai Ulu Pandan family. And then for people who live in the east, there's a Budok Reservoir family, there's a Siglap family that lives along East Coast Road and uh, East Coast Park and Siglap Canal. There's a Pasiris fa- and Changi family that explores, uh, that controls that area. There are there are several families in the Pongo and Sengkang area. There's an Ishun family, right, that uh, that often visits the Ishun Pond next to Kutik Puat Hospital. And uh, and if you go to Sungai Bolo, there is that the so-called original the Sungai Bolo family. Of course, these uh, territories do change. They are they are dynamic. They are always shifting their boundaries as as otters meet and as they clash. And sometimes maybe the Territories might shrink a little bit, or they might change places, and so it's it's never static. 
Ivan, you talked about how one small group of authors dominate all of the social media attention. So I kind of noticed that on social media, there's also a lot of views about the dangers of authors. A lot of people are saying that authors could actually destroy our ecosystem by eating up all the fish. How true is this? Uh, that's not true at all. So let's uh, lay out some basic facts, right? So authors, they, they feed mostly on fish. That's true. However, when times are tough, when there's not enough fish, what happens is that the authors will, will not reproduce, right? Or in the worst case scenario, some of them are bound to starve, right? And in our urban areas, the fishes that authors prey on in our reservoirs in, in, in our, and in our canals are mostly not native species. So in our first episode, I talked a bit about native versus non-native species, right? So in our urban freshwater ecosystems, what do you get? You get tilapia, you get various types of cichlids, you have um, invasive cat, uh, walking catfish from Africa and all that. So these are all speci- uh, fishes that actually were not originally found in Singapore. They were brought here by people, they got out into the wild, they become established in the wild, and they now dominate many of our, of this, uh, of our waterways and our reservoirs and our lakes and ponds. So these are very much, and so they're just providing a very rich food source for all sorts of predators, right? Whether it's otters, whether it's birds of prey like eagles, whether it's herons or kingfishers or monitor lizards. So all these non-native fishes that are now living in our freshwater ecosystems, they're just sustaining all these uh, fish-eating predators. And most of these fish species, they reproduce like mad and they can really dominate these areas. But it's clear that with such a rich food source, obviously animals are going to take advantage of this abundance of fish prey. So it is going to be very, very difficult for otters to wipe out all the fish everywhere. So in fact, the problem is not otters or any other fishing predator. The problem is more in the sense of making sure that our waterways are clean. Pollution is going to kill a lot more fish than otters, right? So, so if it ever comes to a point where there's not enough fish in our reservoirs and our canals to support otters, let alone all the other fish-eating predators, it's more a sign that our ecosystems are actually that badly messed up. Otters can only survive where the ecosystem is healthy enough to support abundant prey that can also sustain this population of predators. So people who believe that one day otters are going to wipe out all the fish in Singapore are exaggerating. And honestly, this is not true at all. So unless you're a fish, otters aren't really dangerous. Am I right to say that? Yes, for the most part. But remember, these are wild animals. There will be stories of people getting nipped by otters. There will be commenters saying that, oh, otters are vicious animals. They, they, will, they will attack and devour your, our dogs and cats. And one day, a, a child is going to be killed. So let's lay out the facts here. Yes, otters are carnivores, right? They do have sharp teeth. They can be aggressive, mostly to other otters, right? They are not of their family. They can defend themselves in certain situations. So for the most part, smooth-coated otters do not see us as a threat. Now, there are families that are still very shy. When they see human beings, they will watch the people 
If the people get too close, they will run away or they will jump into the water and swim away. Otter families, they are more familiar with people like the Bisha and Zook families. Yes, they are more used to people. They, they do often run past or even around people on the streets. That does not mean that they are tame. If um, in some situations, especially when there are young pups around, if people get too close, the otters can give a warning nip. Needless to say, that, can, that is going to be quite painful because they have, they have sharp teeth and all that. However, this is not uh, a sign of them going to become uh, vicious monsters where they will start attacking people. Now, people sometimes post stories of, let's say, otters attacking people in other countries. Now, people will sometimes share, share new stories of otters attacking people in other countries. Now, those are different species of otters, right? And those often involve cases of otters with rabies or other diseases. Now, so that, that is not a fair comparison because they are totally different species with different behavior. And sometimes people will also bring up the point that, hey, you know, there are otters that are known to kill crocodiles or alligators. Those are another different species of otter entirely, right? So sometimes you will see um, videos of, of a family of otters apparently killing a crocodile. So those are actually the giant river otters from South America, which are much larger than our smooth-coated otters. And, they are, and, and, and in those uh, recorded incidents, they were going after caimans, which are, are a much smaller type of uh, crocodilian, right? They are not going to suddenly jump, jump on and, and overwhelm a much larger animal without any good reason. So, you know, the threat is overblown. Yes, they can be dangerous if we get too close to otters. However, they are just behaving defensively just like how any uh, mother would behave when they are young around. So regardless of whether it's an otter or a wild boar or a long-term cat or even fellow human beings, if a stranger gets too close to pups, obviously the parents are going to react defensively. You're right, Ivan. Otters are potentially dangerous. They are not naturally aggressive, but they can hurt if push comes to shove. But I feel that a lot of us still enjoy the presence of otters. You know, we still get excited seeing an otter in the distance, you know, when we're jogging and, and we find a family of otters next to us. It brings out a lot of joy in us to see animals like them. How should we behave around otters? So just like with almost any other wild animal, you see, if you see otters, yes, they might seem very cute, they might seem friendly, but they are wild animals and they're unpredictable. So always keep a safe distance, respect their space, just like how you would expect people around you to respect your own personal space. You know, same with many of the, of the other creatures that we will cover in our podcast. Yes, in some situations, when people are too close, these animals can cause, they can hurt, they can hurt us. But in almost all interactions and encounters, as long as people behave sensibly and respectfully, there is very little risk of anything happening. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people um, don't realize this, but the fact that there are otters thriving in our urban environment is something worth celebrating for several reasons. Number one, 
people might think that oh otters are everywhere in Singapore now globally the species is considered threatened with extinction okay many in, in many other parts of their range in Southeast Asia and the, and the Indian subcontinent they are actually declining due to many reasons whether it's hunting persecution by people habitat loss and all that so the fact that there is a population of smooth-coated otters living in Singapore and adapting to our urban environment is, some, is something worth celebrating. Secondly, this is a species that disappeared from Singapore for a few decades and it came back. And, and it's also a testament to our efforts to clean up our waterways. When Singapore decided to, to provide lots of urban greenery, to clean up the waterways, otters were not a priority. It was just simply to provide drinking water for people or to provide nice greenery or just basically, um, or, or to basically improve the lives of people here. But because of these actions, we have created habitats for wildlife. So it's a nice story of how in a very human dominated world, when you read up all about uh, about global biodiversity loss, about extinctions, and about endangered species. The idea of a globally threatened species being able to adapt and survive gives us some hope that maybe all is not lost, that maybe in future, in other cities around the region, you might also get otters. The stories of the various families of otters living in our urban environments are often Right? These are animals that don't follow our man-made rules. They go and come as they please. And these otters, they're just trying to navigate uh, and find their way around, overcoming all the different threats in their way. Whether it's traffic, whether it's finding food to feed their families. It's a, a story of resilience, you know, of overcoming all the hardships and trying to, and, and simply uh, surviving in, in, a, in a very different world from their ancestors. So I think it's something that is really worth celebrating. The presence and history of our smooth-coated otters is definitely something worth celebrating. They are more than just an animal in our ecosystem. They are, in many ways, an embodiment of our natural heritage and history. Resilient, powerful, and untamable. With that in mind, we hope that these two episodes have really given us a good overview of what the otters are, how they live and the challenges they face in Singapore. And with that, maybe we can all appreciate them in a safe and positive manner. Thank you for listening to Wild Red Dot.